Okay. Hi, everybody. Hi. So we're going to get started. Uh, again, I'm Brian Wolf. And this is Lynette Wolf. We're the Wolf Couple. The Wolf Couple. We're excited to be doing uh, this uh, Gold Club call. And um, now, if you guys are Gold Club members, you had a special a special password that you could go ahead and uh, interact with questions and send in lead sheets. And, um, of course, if you're a non-Gold Club member, you have the uh, password, a different password to come in so that you can listen and learn because this is fabulous. We're going to be going over lots of deals, uh, lots of lead sheets were sent in. Uh, we're excited to go over all these lead sheets. Um, and um, uh, we're going to get started right now. It's going to last for about one hour. Now, if you are not a Gold Club member, um, you can do it just for as little as $59 a month. Um, and it's just incredible, the great information there. Um, okay, so we got to get going. We only got an hour, Brian, to get through all of these lead sheets. Well, this is very exciting, you guys. Uh, this business has been a great business for us. I'm not sure if you know about our background, but we both started off as realtors. And we found Ron about 12 years ago, actually. And my only regret was that I hadn't found him sooner. That's right. found some different folks. And, uh, you know, people gave me little pieces of the pie here or there and gave me a couple of ideas. But how do most people start at real estate investing? Frankly, they rehab and they landlord, which are the two, two of the hardest parts of real estate investing. So we're here to teach you guys the easier way to go. Uh, pretty houses is a big focus, and uh, we're, I'm sure we're going to get a lot of questions on all kinds of deals tonight. So let's get into those. So everybody, uh, like Brian mentioned earlier, hit star zero to get in the queue. So star zero would get you into the queue. Uh, Rashan, um, do we have our first student in the queue? Um, yes, we do. Our first call comes from Sharon. Sharon, please go ahead. Hi. Hi, Sharon. Hi, how are you? And how Hi, are you doing? Nice to I'm hear from great. you. Yes, I have an important question I got to ask you. So I have my I have a house that's four hundred eighty eight thousand. They have four hundred seventy that I bought it uh, on a lease purchase from. Okay. The sellers. But here's the thing: I've got a woman that wants to buy it cash, and since I'm not a real estate agent, uh, a realtor at all. I was thinking that the only way that I can then sell it and get uh, what turns out to be uh, about 18000 um as my non-refundable option fee, the only way I can do it, and I thought this was the simplest, so tell me if there's another way. This is the way I thought, that if I actually um, uh, sell it to her on a lease purchase with a term of, let's say, one month, and um, a non-refundable option fee of my 18000 then and then uh, do with the acts where I then assign um, my uh, contract, uh, my, uh, my uh, contract to the seller, then I'm out. And then they can do, then she can exercise her option uh, right away and uh, to purchase and do a straight uh, purchase and sale agreement. That's the way I was thinking. The only other thing I can think of is an assignment, but I, uh, you know, I, I I would think I would be in the middle, and then I would I uh, I get fees taken from my my amount. So anyway, any so thoughts? Karen, let me ask you what what piece of paperwork, what instrument do you have signed with the seller right now for the four hundred? Uh, the short form lease agreement. Okay, lease purchase the, agreement. Option to buy. 
Yes. And you have it locked up at 470 and your cash out buyer wants to pay you how much? 488. 488. Okay. So, um, there's a couple different ways you could do this. Um, you could just get your cash out buyer to go ahead and sign uh, the the lease option paperwork, like you said, and then exercise it quickly uh, within the next 30 days whenever they can get their money. I assume they're getting a traditional mortgage. Actually, she's a, uh, a multimillionaire, and she just wants, she doesn't want to expose herself, and so she wants to just pay cash. Okay, awesome. So uh, I would definitely... All you need to do is set up a closing with your, realtor, with your attorney. Uh, do you have a good attorney? Yes. Okay, you, you tell your attorney that you're going to write up some paperwork. You're going to rewrite the paperwork at 488. The purchase price is going to be 488 from the seller to the buyer. In the HUD-1, you're going to have a disbursement. You're going to show their down payment. Now, your attorney's going to have maybe their way that they want to do this. Sometimes when you have a fee coming out of a transaction like this, they'll want to call an assignment fee an option fee. Consulting fee, all different names. Yeah, but however they want to write this up, basically your seller is going to, your buyer is going to buy this directly from your seller. And you're just going to, you're not in the chain of title or anything. You don't have to pay any commissions to anybody. This house wasn't listed when you bought it. You bought it directly from the seller, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, now, you can, can you uh, negotiate that? I mean, because right now all you have is a lease purchase agreement. And right. does the seller understand that, I mean, would they want it? Would they be happy you sell it if the, you just brought in ca a cash buyer now? They're happy. Okay. They'll sign whatever I want them to sign. Okay. Well, if you've got cooperative people, then you just need to talk to your attorney and say, how do you want to write this up? And But basically, you're just, you know, you don't have to go through some kind of acts paperwork or anything. You just need to make sure that in the HUD-1A, your $18,000 is calculated in there. Congratulations. Oh, that's friend. an awesome deal. That's a very nice, quick deal and a really good paycheck. And so that was... So it's calculated as a... As a, 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 a I, can, I can do that, but what will... I just... <clears throat> having... I, I just don't want to get aced out, so I'm not quite sure. Isn't is there any Ron Legrand paperwork that allows for this? Yes, if I'm a boat club. Um, like like Brian said, your attorney may want to close it. Um, depending which piece of paper your attorney is going to want to use, he may want to just do the straight purchase and sale, and you just assign it, or he may just stay with your lease option paperwork. Um, it, whether he wants to do a simultaneous close. So it's going to be up to your real estate attorney. Because but here, here's the other thing. I, if she doesn't do it, I have another person that wants to buy it, but it's a realtor that wants to buy it. Now, uh, we, we like that first buyer, the cash-out buyer. I well, I do too, but in the future, and I've had often people that want to buy it from realty. Now, I don't have to pay them their 3% because that, they're getting that from their buyer, Right. So then how would I do that? No, they are not getting it from the buyer. Oh. Actually, if you are listing a property, guys, you need to say if you cooperate with brokers or not. If a real estate agent is taking people around in their car and it's a qualified buyer and they bring them in, they want their 3% pretty much. So you you are on the hook for that 3% as, as the seller if you want to cooperate with that person. So you've got to calculate that into the transaction. Know that you're going to pay 3% if somebody brings in a buyer. You can always say no. You can always say, no, I'm, yep. I won't sell you the house, and then you don't have to pay the commission. That's right. 
But is there any way, so then I have to negotiate with them. But then again, what paperwork would I use to sell it? Well, if you're using a realtor and some realtor brings in somebody, they're going to want to use realtor paperwork. Is there? Uh, they will, yeah. which is a drag because I don't know how I would work in my fee. Well, they don't worry about, you just need to have your attorney representing your interest in the transaction. Your attorney's going to close it. Now, if you have a realtor involved, they might want to close it at their Per, you know, the personal. They want to close it with the title company. Uh, and that's totally fine, but you just will tell the title agent exactly how you want the paperwork written up with your fee in there. Okay, I and see. your attorney will help take care of you as well. Okay? So All right, thanks. Great going and, and way to take action. You got some awesome deals, and if you're staying in that price range, that's not uncommon to e see an easy paycheck like that. I mean, really, when they're selling it, just think, if you're selling a $500,000 house, the commission to real estate agents, you know, at 6% or something is considerable. So this is where you're making Well, this took a long time to sell it. It took more than, it's about three and a half months now, and it went down from 493 So. Well, but you're walking away with a good paycheck. So. Yeah, I am. Yeah. yeah. Hey. Okay, thanks. Great. All right, Rashawn, who do we have next in the queue? Okay, our next call comes from Paul. Paul, please go ahead. Thank you. Hi, Paul. Hi, Lynette. Paul, where are you from? I'm from Pasco, Washington. Oh, good. Hi, Paul. Thanks for calling Hi. in. Did you send in a lead sheet or you have a question? I did send in the lead sheet, and I do have a question about it. It's pretty simple, so I don't know that the lead sheet is even necessary, but yeah, uh, what we have... Yeah, I got the one, the 480. Your Perfect. comps are 480, right? Correct, yes. Okay, and uh, tell us a little bit about this, Paul. Okay, basically we have it under contract right now for about 421. Okay. And with the buyer, and uh, we had actually tried working something with a two-year contract with her previously, and then that ended up not working out. We tried that for about three months. So we basically just renegotiated. She just wants to cash out. And so we currently have it listed with a realtor, and he's doing an awesome job. And we've okay. negotiated a decent deal with him. And he's got a buyer uh, who looks pretty close. My biggest question is I just need to make sure I understand how to assign a contract because I've never assigned a contract before, and I just want to make sure I do it right. Okay. Well, there's an assignment, uh, assignment of contract form. Uh, that you're going to use and you're going to sign now remember every time you assign something you usually have to get a release and you almost you always have to get a release because you have an interest in the in the property that you're going to assign you're assigning your interest to your buyer and then you need to get a release from the seller so and it basically the buyer and seller are doing the transaction between them and that's that's the trick. Now, and this is where you got to get your attorney involved and see exactly how he wants to do this. But basically, you just go and go on Ron's Gold Club and print assignment of contract form. Read that through. Guys, people get thrown by this paperwork, but if you would take the time to just read some of these documents through a couple times, it wouldn't be so scary, especially the purchase and sale contract. Everybody on this call, if you guys, you know, are serious about doing some real estate investing, get this purchase and sale contract. It's one legal size piece of paper, two-sided, and just read it over about three times, and you're going to be a lot more calm about a lot of this stuff. And obviously, at the Quick Start School, we go through paperwork. It's a big thing that we do there, and uh, there's samples in the manual for that. 
that, you know, filled in samples and all that. And if you guys are in the Gold Club, there's, you know, samples and training on, on paperwork, obviously. So if that's an issue now, anytime you have a deal like this, that's why you got to have your attorney on your dream team because he's the one who's actually in the room with the people, closing it and signing stuff, and so he has to be comfortable with what he's doing, right? So that's right. why, you know, if it comes down to a deal that you're not sure exactly how to do it, uh, yes, you need to fill out this assignment form and the release forms, but just make sure your attorney knows what you're doing and that he's comfortable with everything, and he may have some input. And different states do have little quirks and twists. Uh, actually, Washington has a couple of things about lease purchasing and that that are kind of tricky that you should know about. So, guys, anytime, you know, you should, that's why you need a good real estate attorney on your team. And uh, if you don't already have one, the best time to get one is when you get a contract. And just a standard purchase and sale contract or a lease purchase contract, any kind of contract you get, and then you call them up and say, hey, I need you to help me with a signing appointment. And that's what you need attorneys for is mainly that. And so, but, and you say, I already have this, and, you know, when can I set it up and all that? And then they know you're a paycheck, so they, they know you're serious right off the bat. If you go call on a whole bunch of attorneys in your area and say, well, you know, I'm going to go around buying these houses subject to, and, uh, you know, I haven't done it before, you know, they're going to look at you and say, well, this person could be more trouble than they're worth, and, you know, they're brand new, and I don't know. And so that's why you want to, you know, uh, get that contract. And on this deal here, this is one where you definitely want to bring your attorney in to make sure they're okay with the releases and they don't want to write in anything extra. And, Paul, where did you get this lead sheet from? Um, I This was way back I, when we first started. Um, we actually went to the Seattle training last year in November with you guys. Oh, yeah, the Quick Start Real Estate School in November. I remember, yeah. Right. Uh, it's a very memorable one, actually. But uh, anyway, and then while we were there, we actually had, uh, in fact, Lynette, you called in and helped us negotiate this deal. And oh, then that's just right. Out. I do remember this, that. Yeah, this this lady in particular has um has really been a little challenging to work with, but um, but she's comfortable with the price where it's at. That's actually where she wanted to start the negotiation. Um, it's right around in that area, and um, and we know we can sell it for higher. And she just wants it done quick. So I just, anyway, so it's just it's been for a the long list, going, we bought it for four twenty one, and it's worth four eighty. What was that? Uh, just for the people listening, Paul, how much right. did you buy it for? Uh, four, four twenty. Oh, four twenty, and it's worth four eighty. Worth four eighty. Yep. Yep. Awesome. So, and just just cash out, and and the way it's even set up is, um, we basically have an option to purchase for a six month window, and if we are not successful. Then we pay her at the end of that time instead of at the beginning of the time for the options, and that was the way she wanted to set it up too. And I was not going to argue with her on that, so uh, we are definitely going to sell it before then. Um, we have kind of a few interested parties. I just want to make sure I can assign it correctly. I've yeah. had problems with my um, with my attorney, so I'm using um, like a prepaid legal service, and that's been helpful. But I, I it's, there's no. There's no doubt it would be really helpful to have a really good attorney in this area who could just work with me on these deals, you know. Um, so. I, I'm, we're going to call you after the call because I have a guy that I think I want you to talk to up there. Yeah. So you, I have sure. an attorney in mind who I want you to talk to about this. Great. Okay. Well, feel free to give me a call. 
And, uh, you know, this is – so let me just be uh, get this straight, Paul. This is a deal that we called at the Quick Start event? Yeah, That's in November. Correct. Yeah. Right. And But sometimes, guys, and this is a good example of a deal that sometimes takes a little while to develop all the way. But that's awesome. That we, you know, we probably actually have this on videotape. Now I'm going to have to go back on the video and watch this call. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, yeah. Paul. I'm very excited for you guys. This is a very nice paycheck. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys. appreciate your help with everything. You bet. You're welcome. Thanks, Paul. Okay. All right. That's a good deal. We got a lot of lead sheets here. Hopefully they got in the queue. Yes. Rashawn? At the moment, we have no callers in the queue. Oh, okay. Okay, remember, guys, the way to get in the queue is you hit star zero. Is that right, Rashawn? Star zero. That gets zero. in the queue, right? Yes. Star zero? Yes. And we that actually have, um, we have quite a few lead sheets here uh, from last night. Miguel... Um, we have Art, um, we have quite a few, actually Art has quite a few, Shelly, um, I know Brenda, Brenda had just sent me an email, honey, she's having trouble getting on the call, so, um, but the password is different depending if you're a Gold Club member or not. Right, and remember guys, any questions you have, uh, about anything specific is, you know, uh, or anything general um, we like to talk a lot about how your business is set up, and one of the things I focus on is your conversion ratio and what affects that. Because how many leads do you have to get to get a deal? And uh, if you generally your least good conversion ratio method of marketing is going to be outbound calls to for sale by owners. Um, you, but if you can get one out of twenty uh, using that methodology, that's not bad. Um, but what does that require? It requires you to get 20 leads to get a deal. So you need to get some kind of a system in place where you're having consistent lead flow. And uh, so that's the number one thing. The two things, the main two things you need to be successful at this is, number one, consistent lead flow, and number two, you have to make your closing calls in a timely fashion. If you're getting leads in, somebody's got to be calling them and closing them and getting out there and getting contracts. That's how you make the money in this. So uh, that's, you know, basically the whole process is you got to get leads and you got to call them. And if you're doing that, then all the other stuff kind of takes care of itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think we have, um, I think Brenda, I just gave her the passcode, Brenda Harding. She's got a deal here, honey. They're asking $1.5 million. You don't have the lead sheet. It just came across our fax machine here. Um, oh, Yeah. Yeah, actually, I do have. You got that? Oh, oh, I don't have the lead sheet, but I have uh, I have her information. Yeah. Now, guys, when you get into the higher priced uh, homes over a million, uh, depending on whether or not you can get financing, and that's basically the whole pretty house business. Um, if you can get somebody to give you, and and what is financing? Financing is basically time. You buy yourself some time with some decent negotiating. Um, time to pay them off in full. So if you're doing like a sandwich lease purchase, that's a really important thing to know what's your ticking clock on that. And I want you to always go for three years. Uh, three years is like your drop-dead minimum, more, but actually two years is probably your drop-dead minimum. And, yeah, we've signed stuff shorter than that, but you better be sure that you can get a buyer in there and somebody who's just barely not qualified and get them through the process quickly. 
Um, otherwise, you still may make money on that deal, but you're not going to make your back-end profit because you didn't ever close on it, and that's when a lot of the money is made in the, you know, the pretty house business. So, I, I'm, can't, honey, can you see if somebody's in the queue or not just by looking at the... Oh, um, let me see. Uh, Rashad? Oh. Rashad. Yes, this is the operator. We do have people in the queue. Okay. Yeah, they didn't know how to get in, honey. Okay. Um, once again, it's star zero to get into the queue if you do have a question. Great. Okay, so our next call comes from Brenda. Brenda, please go ahead. Hi, Lynette. Hi, Brian. Hi, Brenda. Hi, Brenda. We're happy you made it in. I know that we had a little challenge there. Good job. We figured out the right password. And, um, times of pressing the uh, queue code to get into the queue, so... I'm not sure if you're having issues or what, but... Oh, you mean you were hitting... Uh, what were you doing? You were hitting star zero and it didn't get you in the queue at first? It took me two times to accomplish getting in, so... Oh, okay. Got it. So just keep trying, everybody. Sometimes you got to hit star zero, you know, more than once. But if you hit it twice, what happens is... Let me explain that real fast. Yeah, be careful with that because you actually take yourself back out of the queue. Yeah, so like Brian said, if you hit star zero once, it puts you in the queue. If you hit star zero a second time, it takes you out of the queue. So be careful you're not putting yourself in and taking yourself back out. I think that's what happened. No, I hit star zero, okay. and nothing happened, so I hit star zero again, and then I got in. So if okay. I was in, it would have taken me out the second time, but the second time go. got me in. Got it. Well, we're happy to hear from you. So we got well, the, um, the house is that. It's an intercoastal house in Florida for 3,200 square feet. You want to tell them about this house and ask the question? Um, sure. Basically, um, you know, I gave you all the information. It's a four-bedroom, four-and-a-half bath, 3,200 square feet. The guy doesn't live in it. He wants to get rid of it. He did say that it wouldn't be worth it to him to hire a realtor and pay the 6% commission, and he wants what he owes on it, and he will consider financing. So um, he's waiting for me to get back to him, so the ball's in my court, and I was going over the paper, uh, the contract, and the gold club, and I, I'm, this is my first deal, by the way. Okay, that's exciting. Yeah, so first deal and first big fish, so I'm excited. And uh, so really what my question is, is what do I propose? Because um, he's basically letting it up to me to, you know, throw the first ball, so to speak. Okay, so Brenda, let me just go over the numbers here. So he's asking $1.5 million, and the house is worth um, $1.8 million. Um, it's a little flexible. I found comps as well as eight hundred thousand, and then I found some size one point eight. Okay, uh, so they're all over the uh, map. And how much does the seller owe on the mortgage? One point five. That's why he has it at one point five. So it's basically he wants what he owes on it. Right. And what's the payment on his one point five million? Uh, right around 6000 He didn't give me the exact amount. He, and when I asked him, he said around 6000 So I, I, he was a little bit reluctant. Uh, his first question to me was, was I a realtor? <laughs> so, 
And the house, um, does, it does not need any repairs. Um, does the house have furniture that comes with it or not? Yes, furniture, and it comes with a boat. Oh, a boat, too? Well, now you've got my interest there as well. So it comes with lots of good furniture and a boat. Does he have a dock there? Yes, yes. That's awesome. All right, that's a very attractive property, and you know what? I like that payment. For somebody to get into a house like that for a $6,000 payment uh, that's on the waterway with a boat and it's in good shape, the property's in good condition, uh, that's a very attractive property. So uh, my question to you is obviously um, if you're going to want to pay the transfer fees um, and buy the house subject to, or if you would want to do a lease purchase and exit out lease purchase. I would probably do the lease purchase. Because that's uh, qu uh, quite a bit of money on the transfer fees, and you're not sure about the values, it sounds like. Correct. It sounds like what he owes on the home is pretty much what it's worth, from what you told me. Correct. Well, if the comps, and, and that's the tricky thing. You, you've seen this property, have you, Brenda? Uh, just pictures, but I do have somebody that I can send out to the house that, Hey, and and what it, what somebody needs to tell me is what does the eight hundred thousand dollar one look like, and what does the one point eight million dollar one look like? And if this one basically looks a lot like the one point eight million, or if it looks more like the one point two million, that's going to be the determining factor. But here's the great thing: it's a no risk scenario for you to sign up and this property as a lease purchase, as a sandwich lease purchase. Basically, you put nothing down on the property. You get it, you know, you agree to buy it for what he owes, the 1.5, and then you take it to the marketplace and see what you can get. But if you put nothing down and you can find somebody who wants an extremely reasonable payment uh, for a property that size and who will, you know, you'll mark it up to what do you think you could possibly get for that property? Did you run, guys, do you guys know about Rentometer? If you don't know about Rentometer, Ron calls it Rentometer, uh, go on that and see if you can uh, get what that, you know, that area is going to pay for rent. Yes, and of course with a house like this, it's going to be sporadic, so your best bet is to put it under a contract, uh, put it under a, a lease option agreement and take it to the marketplace. Right. When I did it, I spent a little time on this this afternoon doing an analysis. And when I was looking at the house that was 1.8, I noticed that this house at 1.5 does have um, about a, about 800 more square feet. It does have the boat, and it also has uh, one more bathroom. So oh, I think that's that the 1.81? Excuse me? That's the $1.8 million one, you're saying? No, the $1.8 million didn't have the boat, and it didn't have... Oh, okay. Okay, well, that's encouraging. It didn't yeah. have it, and it was 800 square feet smaller. Yes. Okay, well, that's that's quite encouraging, actually. Uh, yeah, you got to get this under contract um, as soon as possible. This could be a really good deal. ASAP. Yeah, and, and that's why I didn't want to let too much time. I mean, it's been on Zillow for almost 150 days. Um, you know, in the mar in that market, though, there are a lot of foreclosures right now. And I think what he might be up against is the foreclosures are being bought dirt cheap and people can get, you know, an equal house 
uh, for, uh, for less. Okay, but what's the difference? The difference is that you have to have cash to buy a foreclosure. Yeah going to be able to extend somebody financing on this mm-hmm. property who maybe has is self-employed or you know has some credit glitch or something and they're going to be able to move into this property and you know what even if they never qualified and bought it you could probably get on, a, on some kind of sandwich lease purchase it wouldn't surprise me if you could get 50 or 100,000 down on a property Boy. Oh my goodness! Uh, and then you, and then if they never ever qualify, you made a massive profit, and you should make some really good monthly spread. I, you know, I, I don't know exactly what that thing would rent for, but uh, I, you know, eight thousand or something. Who knows what you could get? Even if you could rent it for seven thousand, sixty-nine fifty a month, you're, you've sure. got almost a thousand dollar positive cash flow on a property for however long you're holding it. Sure. Okay, but I would want to get the longest. Here's the only thing. You know, if, if you have a massive positive cash flow on this property, but you have a ticking clock of a sandwich lease purchase, you're only, gonna, you're only guaranteed that positive cash flow until your, lease, your option runs out. And if this person doesn't qualify, you know, you can ask for an extension. And a lot of times you can get an extension at the end of a lease purchase, a sandwich lease purchase. Um, they don't want the property back, and usually, you know, you're used to it. But if the property's gone up, I'll, I'll warn you, if it's gone up in value quite a bit over what you agreed to pay for it, they're going to maybe want it back based on that. So Yeah, so Brian, Brian's right, Brenda. You want to get as long as what's the longest um, the seller would give you as far as a term, and then you could put a renewal in there as well. So if he gives you five years with one five-year renewal, that would be ten years. And that's right. if you're going for the longest, guys, on a lease purchase, that's normally what you want to say. You don't want to say, can you give me 10 years? What you say is what we'd like to have is a five-year lease purchase with one renewal period at our discretion. And don't even say five years again. And if they say okay to that, then you, that's how you write it up in the paperwork. And if they sign the paperwork, you're good. You've got 10 years to work with that property. So you'd have, you know, that'd be nice. You'd have a long time to work with it if you have that kind of, and a, you know, that kind of a deal. But remember, always at the end of a lease purchase and you're ready to buy it, people can still be squirrely at the end. And they can still say, well, wait a minute, you're selling it for that much and you're making that much. So that's why generally if you can do it and the transfer taxes aren't huge in your state, you know, you want to get a subject to, you want to take the property, you want to own it because then you're in the driver's seat. Yeah. So, Brenda, uh, this is an awesome deal. Yes. Um, $1.5 million, zero money down, none of your own credit. With furniture, it has a boat. Uh, go for it. Get it under the two-page lease with option to buy. We can help you with that paperwork too, Brenda. So just, you know, I just want to make sure everything runs smooth on that one. Okay, great. Congratulations. We are super excited for you. Thank you. Will you be in D.C. next week? Yes, we will. We will be in Washington, D.C. next week. I'll see you again. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I mean the two-page signed contract. That's a great lead. Not the lead. Bring the contract with you. I will. Right. Okay. All right, guys, so that's where we will be next. We will be at the Quick Start School. Uh, Ron is always, Ron and us are always at all the Quick Start real estate schools. And the next one, as Brenda mentioned there, is coming up next week in Washington, D.C. August 19th through the 22nd. Okay, Rashawn, do we, uh, we got another lead sheet here. Hopefully some of these people were able to make their way into the queue. 
Okay, our next call comes from Amtul. Amtul, please go ahead. Hi. Um, Hi. Hello. How are you doing? Fine, thank you. Um, how do you say your name? It's difficult. Uh, uh, you just it's okay whatever you say it right Abdul? now. Yeah, no, it's a difficult name. Um, my uh, the property I have, uh, like uh, I I I was interested in is the address is sixteen eighty. Uh, you need the address or you don't? Oh, need we don't that? actually need the address. Just um, okay. Okay. She is the. I was calling from Craigslist, and uh, I know how she called me back. I think she has some people working for her. And those people gave uh, my number to her. Then she called me. She's in Florida, and she's an investor. She's trying to sell uh, the house. She bought for, I think, she didn't tell me. I see on MLS that uh, she um, she bought for 84, and she's trying to sell it for uh, 207-900, almost like uh, 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 $208,000. Right, but your comps here until it looks like uh, 122 and 177, and she yes. just bought it for what did you say, 84? Yeah. And so she's asking 207. No, I mean, it's a, it's a total new rehab. I went to see the house, and uh, it's it's just a small house as you can see the square feet, and it's just um I I really personally don't like the rehab because there is carpet. And the hardwood is even like you know a low quality one like plywood kind yeah, of like you, yeah. you know that kind, and everything is new stainless steel and everything new roof new siding new everything, but the house is small and you cannot do anything about it. Right. And it's a, a trial level house, so basically it's two rooms where any human being can live. Actually, three rooms. Yeah. Two rooms upstairs, one in the basement. And I guess so is, the property has some problems, and she's yeah. asking way too much. Yeah. So what's your question on this one? The question is that, and the third is kind of a study room upstairs. My question is that she is open to having some down payment and some kind of a lease purchase. She has listed the property with some kind of um, agency where she just paid them to put uh, put it on MLS, so my question is that should I go into this deal or not? Because she is uh, open to take some kind of down payment and then monthly installment. And it's Here, here's the deciding factor on whether or not to go into a deal. It's okay. the biggest thing is the down payment. How much money do you have to come up with down? Now my rule of thumb that we follow is pretty much you don't ever want to pay more than about three percent down, and then you want to turn around and when you lease purchase it out, you want to get ten percent. Now that's we never pay. I mean we never offer a down payment, and generally you can tell them that that's company policy that you don't pay down payments. And so uh, uh, if the property is vacant like this, and, and if, they, if they're demanding a down payment, you say, well, what's the absolute least that I could put down right now and pay you the rest later? And when you find out what that number is, and if you think you can turn around and get that much or more from your lease purchase buyer, plus they're giving you some equity, then it might be a deal. Now, I don't see any equity in this property. If, if you agreed, I, I, if, you, if you got her way down. No, she is free and clear. She owns it. She yeah, I understand it. that. But if you could get your purchase price down. I, I do some research and figure out. I talked to my broker, actually. I am a real estate agent. I don't know 
it's a problem in selling this house or not. But, you know, she told me that this, by looking online, that it doesn't worth more than, like, 160 maybe if we become very lucky, maybe 170 right. because Because it's the, you know, it's too small and... Yes, it is too small. It's a yeah. four-bedroom, but it's only 1,172 square feet, so yeah. they must have wedged it in there. But here's the thing, too. So even if, would she be reasonable, if you could get this for 150 and she'd give you a really decent payment, because it's free yeah. and clear that whenever you're dealing with owner financing like this, that's yeah. usually when you run it. If you're buying a property subject, too, usually you don't even, they're not even asking you for a down payment or anything. It's usually, will you sell me house for what you owe, and will you leave yeah. the mortgage in your name? So it's simple. But when a property's free and clear like this, the trick is figuring out, you know, how much of the payment per month and all this other stuff. So you always, you know, got to save the least. Always With sellers, it's always the least. So what's the least she would take per month as a payment? And if she would take some really low, you know, payment, like, I don't know, on this, you know, five I or I think six- she will not. Uh, if I become very lucky, maybe I will try to to, to 170. It's yeah. a tri-level tri- house. The only plus yeah. here is it is a nice backyard and the school district is good. Well, you know, if you think that you could sell it, if you think you can pay less than what you can turn around and sell it for, then yeah. you can take the chance. And you could just do a sandwich lease purchase, you know, uh, get her down to the lowest she, she would go, she, and no, then she, offer a sandwich lease purchase. And I don't think she's she is not do that. going to be in there because she is kind of a really like investor and doing it so often that. She yeah, no, this is this deal. You know, if you ask me, it's way too much work. And it's, yeah, it's like trying to polish a uh, like Ron Legrand says. <laughs> yes, and you get can't. out of here. Get out of there. Even I, even when now, yeah, and that's the thing, guys. When you hear somebody is open to doing owner financing or yeah. some kind of seller financing, you can get kind of excited and think, oh, great. But yeah. the thing is, this deal can still be blown up by them wanting a big down payment. Yeah. Yeah, this seller is motivated at this time. Time and circumstance can change all sellers' minds, like Ron Legrand says. But so we would check back with her in 30 days. She's not sounding real motivated right now. Okay. So like, let me try to have it under contract, maybe. 150 and then yep. try to have a sandwich lease option if I can. And, and pay her almost nothing down, actually nothing down. Then I okay. would consider doing that deal, yeah. Do it. Okay. And then which paperwork I need to uh, to use for this purpose? It's the lease purchase paperwork with the okay. seller. It's two pages. It's the two-page lease purchase document. Okay, let me talk to her first of all. Uh, one last question is that, I think I buy your course, and I think uh, I can email you uh, anytime if I have questions. That um, just on this deal, go ahead and shoot us an email. I know you have our email with our course. Um, we want to help you close this deal. You can get her down to 150. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And you want to look for more deals because guys, there's easier. There's a lot easier deals than this one. I can tell you. It's a big number. Yeah. Yeah. Give it a shot, okay? 150. Give it a shot. Great. Yeah. Thank okay. you. Bye. All right, thank you. Good job taking action. Yeah. Way to send in a lead. All right. Okay, we'll take the next caller. Honey, I hope that's okay. Uh, Deeb's called. He's got a really good deal. Deeb, D-I-B. All right, Rashawn. Okay, our next call comes from Bill. Bill, please go ahead. Hi, Bill. Hello. How you doing? Hi, Bill. 
where are you from? I'm doing fine. I'm from Toledo, Ohio. I have um, something that uh, probably it doesn't even sound like it fits in. I just joined uh, uh, the Gold Club a few days ago, and I'm trying to get myself together and figure out how this all works. But I have a situation now regarding selling a house that I own that is free and clear, and uh, the figures are so far below what you've been discussing, it seems silly. But <laughs> but anyway, for me, it's important. Okay. Um, I have this house, and uh, I've owned it since the last day of 86, and what happened is I it's free and clear. Mm-hmm. It is um, – I have a guy who wants to buy it, and in spite of everything, he still wants to buy it. He, in spite um, of everything, what does that mean? What's that? In spite of everything, what does that well, mean? The, what that means is that uh, he took it to a bank here locally, and they said that they would finance it, but the appraisal was lower than we were uh, wanting to sell it for, and he was right. willing to buy it for. Right. And so what I'm trying to do is sell this house and, and get get my money out of it, even if it's not everything that I would like sure. uh, to well, get. You have I, I, and he's buying it for cash and ha- getting new financing on it. Is that right? Right. He's gone to this bank, and they said they'll loan him this much, but but it's uh, it's not as much as I would want to sell it for. But it seems in the system, it seems like it's realistic. Okay. You're going to like it. Yeah. There's two things that happen about when an appraisal comes in low. Uh, guys, if you have the room, you know, to if you don't owe more on the house than what their purchase price is going to be, if you have the room and it's still a decent profit, uh, you can sell the house for less. You can drop your price to what it appraised for and just go ahead and sell it for the whatever financing package they got on it. Now, uh, the other option is the seller, the buyer has to come up with more money. And uh, if they have access to more funds, that's your first question. Obviously, you do not offer, hey, well, the appraisal only came in at this, so I guess I'll just lower my price and we'll do it for that. Don't offer that. Say, well, you know, the appraisal came in a little lower than what we thought, but, you know, we agreed to this purchase price, and I think it's definitely worth the purchase price, and maybe the appraiser was a little less than generous. And, frankly, uh, can you come up with the money to, to cover the difference? So what approach did you take? How is this working out right now? Bill, what are the numbers on this deal? I'm almost ashamed to tell you, but it's the truth. Uh, we had an agreement to buy for him to buy the house for 34 He came back to me. He said they wants to buy it FHA. They say, well, uh, uh, you've got closing costs. They wanted to fold it in. I agreed to do that because I figured he was, paying, he was paying that over time, and I'd wind up with what I – thought I was going to get to begin with, but then the appraisal came in at 26. Oh, that's and, significant. Uh, yeah. It, it is significant. And and I understand that I could do something with that and maybe do, um, I don't know if it's a second mortgage or something, where he could pay me the additional over, I don't yeah, know, five, seller ten carry years. Back, right. But the thing is, I don't want to do that. I, I can do it. I know I can do it. The guy seems still interested in buying this house. But I want as much of my money out of this as I can right. do right now so that I can get started in this. Because uh, I, I want to buy. I don't want to sell, but I want to buy. 
Right. Now, can he come up? Did you ask him if he can put more down and if he'd be willing to I asked him. I asked him on Saturday night if uh, what's the most money he could come up with a down payment. He said 3000 But I got the impression that he might be able to do more, you know, maybe help somebody helping him or whatever. Yeah. But but I still don't know why he's still interested in buying this house after it came in. But maybe he's just feeling me out to see what I will do. You know. Well, he likes the house. Will he go? Well, would he? He'd obviously go through with it if you dropped your price to twenty six. But you just right. give up that much on your. And 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 I have a, a real estate uh, guy who who I think knows, and he says the the area is declining oh. quite a bit. Yeah. He would take it and run, is what he said, basically. Take the 26 but, Yeah. Right, right. Well, right. And okay, I'm, now how much is the guy coming up with right now? Uh, he's... he's he says that he can come up with three thousand. Yeah, but I mean, when you were when he was going to buy it for thirty four thousand, how much was right. he going to have to bring to closing at that point? That part I don't know. He was going to buy it FHA. I yeah, and so uh, he probably he probably didn't have to come up with that much, but he right. Uh, well, how if he can come up with three? See if he could see if you could ask him to cover all of his closing costs and everything, and just come up with three more thousand. So do it for like twenty nine. See, I mean, I don't know if all the numbers are going to work out exactly, but ask him if he could pay you twenty nine for the house, or come up with three thousand extra, um, over and above, uh, you know, what what they're going to finance it at. Yeah, it sounds like that that if. If I could split the difference between what we agreed to do and what they're uh, saying this house appraises, yes. I think they're lowballing it. But it is a declining area, so yeah, I, and that's I, always a great line where you split the difference. And you know, and sometimes here's the thing, guys. Sometimes you get all emotionally involved with a house, especially a house you've owned like that house for 20, right. 30 years. So you get a house like that, and obviously there's some ties to it, and you want to feel like you're got you're getting the value out of it. But here's the thing: as a real estate investor, it's sometimes emotion can betray you. Actually, sometimes if you obey your gut instincts, it's a good idea, and it turns out well. But sometimes you have to let go of your ego and take less, and just to move on. And well, that, that uh, may I mean, be where I'm at. Yeah, and this is all pure profit, and. You know, if you could sit around and wait forever and, you know, maybe you could get a little more. But that's the thing. There's a time value to money. And right now, if this is the best you can get right now, then this is probably worth it to take it. You know, if you okay, have so to you don't think 26, you, you know, it's 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 not. Sounds like you're going to meet in the middle at 29 or 30 anyway. Just yeah. go for it. Yeah. So you don't think that you don't think that I should try for a. Uh, I, I think of it as a second mortgage, but I'm not sure if that's what it is. But basically, for the difference, put him on the, yeah. the line for that. And he, he says, well, yes, I'll do that over five or ten years, and maybe I could get some interest, maybe not. But Well, that but, would be uh, our first choice, and keep the purchase price at 34000 But get as much cash down, because cash is king. And so get the most cash you can up front. So if you can get a couple more thousand or three more thousand or whatever, and then have them sign a, you could have them sign a five thousand dollar note for the thirty for the difference between the thirty four and the twenty nine. Um, we have a bunch of those hanging out there, guys. And you know sometimes they pay and sometimes they pay for a while and then they stop paying and sometimes you chase them and sometimes it's not worth it. And uh, but you can always offer people uh, big discounts for paying those off early and stuff like that. So. 
Uh, right. I did talk to him about that possibility a little bit. But at any rate, I'm just trying to find my way through this so that I can move on to doing what I really want to do, which is buy. Right. Uh, but I'm going to make better choices next time where I buy. And that's the big thing when you pick your farm area, guys. You want to – there's a website called schooldigger.com, just school and then D-I-G-G-E-R, digger.com. And that tells you where the good school districts are. And a lot of times – you know, you want to focus on the little, have a little five next to them. That's the highest score. You know, families want to live in that area. So that that's uh, we're dealing with a lot of families in this business for sure. And stay out of the, the war zones and the the lower um, price range, okay, Bill? And, right, uh, right. I agree. I agree. Take uh, well, the deal and move on. Just put it together. Can, take can the I deal. ask you one quick question? Yeah. Will the lender, a bank, a major bank, will they allow us to do a what I would call a note or a second mortgage, um, you know, behind their loan? Will they allow that? You need to talk to them and okay. what they will do and what they won't do. And, guys, if ever some bank is not doing what you uh, want them to do and they're not as flexible on something, you should try to find if there's a place where you can find a portfolio lender, usually like a small local bank that actually holds all their own mortgages in-house. If you can find them, sometimes you can get them to make big exceptions or even small exceptions that FHA loans won't do. And so that's, that's uh, you should, you know, if you're just starting out or something, don't waste a lot of time on this, but at some point you're yeah. probably going to want to know a portfolio lender in your area. Really good point, Brian. Yeah. I do. Thank you very much. I appreciate your help and not laughing at me. Appreciate it. No problem. And, Bill, Lynette, best point there, aiming up at your farm area to something over 100. And I'd like it. I, know I understand. So Toledo's not, you know, rife with big million-dollar houses. You just want to find a nice little bread-and-butter 150 to 200 range. If you can find it, you know, that's that's what you're shooting for. I understand. Sure. Thank you, guys. Okay. Welcome. Rashawn, how many people we got left in the queue? We're running out of time here. We have two people in the queue. Okay, two more. Okay, great. We'll take two more, then we're going to cut it off. Okay. okay. Our next call comes from D. Valker. D. Valker, please go ahead. Hi, uh, this is D. Valker, or just Div. Hey. Oh, yeah, yeah. Were you were the one that sent in that lead sheet? Yes, ma'am, I did. Oh, good, good, because we were excited about that. It looks like the seller's asking 167000 and owes 167000 Is that right? Yes. So basically, seller is actually ready to uh, give uh, us the deed subject to we pay their monthly mortgage, which is 1250 a month. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the total amount is 167 but the seller actually has agreed to uh, transfer the deed to us, uh, subject to us paying the monthly mortgages. Sure. We had a look at the house yesterday. So the condition of the house was fair, actually. You know, just, uh, you know it wasn't bad at all. Uh, I think on the sheet I sent, I wrote the comps as 200. Yeah. But after looking at the house, we think the comps are more of like 210. Oh, that's good. I thought you were going to say lower. Nice. Yeah, no, I think, the, yeah, it, uh, it's a, you know, it was pretty good. You know, they had two, two levels and... Uh, Two full bathrooms, actually, not one bath. I wrote one bath there. A huge difference because I was looking at this. 
some of the things, guys, that when you get a lead sheet that you look at right away to determine whether you got a deal is obviously the mortgage information and the payment and that, but eventually your eyes are going to go to that bedroom bathroom count. If you can get a four and two, that's really nice. And three and two is good. A three and one is sometimes a little challenging, and that's what I saw on this sheet right away, but it's actually a two bathroom you're saying. Right, right. My goodness, so why do you not have this house under contract yet? <laughs> So yeah, you know. So I I just saw the house yesterday. So I I got quick questions. It sounds like from what you're saying, this is a good deal, and I should just get it on the contract, right? Absolutely. And, uh, and, yesterday, yes. Yes. <laughs> and just and so actually, this is my first deal. You know, I just attended Ron's uh, one day class last month. So that's that's when we got started. So oh, are you coming to one of the boot camps coming up? Yes, I'll we'll be coming to Chicago. Oh, oh great! Seeing you in Chicago. Good job. Yes. Same here. And so, uh, you know, and I talked to an attorney as well, so we got a reference from the local Maria Association for an attorney, so I talked to the attorney too, and so... So are you with, uh, you're from Minnesota, so um, you're with uh, Mike in the RIA club in Minnesota? Yes, Mike Jacka, yep. Oh, yeah, we're from Minnesota originally. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we'll have to chat later, but yeah. Yeah, both (laughs) raised in the Minneapolis area. So, so I got a quick question on this. You know, so it sounds like you like the numbers. I like Should everything an- about this deal, and I like especially it said on the bottom, owner ready to give deed subject to. You know, I mean, this is a very good deal, and it's a good payment, and uh, I like everything about it. And okay. it looks now, like about forty grand in free equity, which is awesome. Yes. Yes. Should we get an inspection done? I mean, do, what do you recommend, gentlemen? Oh, I go back and forth. You know, if the, get it under contract. If the house is the first thing you do is you got to get this uh, purchase and sale contract on this immediately. That's got the it. thing. Um, eventually, you could do an inspection. Sometimes, if I have qualms about the house, I might do it. If the house is a little older than I'm used to, uh, I focus on. We buy a lot of houses that were built after 2000, so you don't worry so much about that. But to protect yourself, it's always it's never a bad idea to get an inspection. Got it. Okay. So you know, and so like, so I guess what I heard you say is. Get the contract done, right? And then, of course, get it under contract as soon as possible. You don't even need to make a contingent on any inspection. This is great. Inspection would not be a bad idea then. Uh, No, Brian Brian just meant like once in a great while, a really super old house, maybe, but we usually don't do inspections. So, um, what I would do is get it under contract. What city is this in? This is in uh, Minneapolis. Okay, great. Minneapolis. It's a good good neighborhood and. uh, Everything's fine. We uh, actually buy and sell houses in uh, Minnesota as well. So. Okay. No. So another quick question. Now let's say you know we get the property subject to right, and uh, and we we planning to uh, lease. Uh, so you know get a get a buyer on lease purchase. Right. right? So the initial uh, profit or the down payment that we'll receive, which would be our initial profit, can that go towards the TR thirty one transaction? So if you were to buy another property, uh, another rental, which has been our plan. Can we use the 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 down payment that that we'll make from? And I'm going up. Okay, you right can now. use that non-refundable deposit any way you want. That is your money to spend. So it, so it can be used in TR31 transaction. On the 1031 exchange, you're talking about the 1031 exchange. Oh yes, 1031 exchange. I'm sorry. Sorry, I know that's what you meant. So I mean, obviously, we're not uh, uh, tax accountants, and you need to double check with your CPA on that. Okay. But uh, that is non-refundable. That is money you can spend. That is your money. Okay, including 1031. Well, and like Lynette said, check with your tax attorney on how he wants you to handle that. 
Absolutely. Okay. Okay. You're, the, you know, the technicality is that you're not selling the property immediately. You're taking that as a lease purchase, you know, and the property's not sold, so it's not completely transferred. But no, actually, he's doing subject too, so it does the title does. No, I'm talking about to his lease purchase. Lease purchase buyer. That's correct. Okay. All right, but that this is a great deal, and I'd like to see you get this tied up immediately. And if you're going to be in the Chicago, honey, we should talk to him to make sure that we get this thing done because we should show everybody in Chicago this great deal you got. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, fingers crossed. We'll um, so, bring the paper um, with us. Actually, you know, Pam at Global Publishing, mm-hmm. um, she's the one with the Gold Club. You can send her a message to the Gold Club okay. um, and tell her that um, – we would like to uh, contact you to follow up on this great deal. Sure, sure. Pam, okay? Yep. Okay, great job. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, both of you. I, I appreciate your time. You bet. That's a good deal, honey. Do we have time for one more call? Yeah. Okay. Our next call comes from Evan. Evan, please go ahead. Hi, Hi Evan. I'm in uh, Oklahoma City. Hello, Evan. Hello. Could you, I'm calling from Oklahoma City. I don't know if you caught that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You turn uh, in a lead uh, sheet. Sellers looking for fifty thousand up front. Unfortunately, it is. He he's asking for that on a duplex. Originally, he said he would do he would do a uh, a lease or a uh, sandwich lease purchase. He would lease purchase right. it to. But now he wants to. Well, w- tell us about the property. How much is it worth? How much does he owe on it? Do you know those things? Yeah, so the quick Zillow look was uh, about 270. Okay. This is built. This is actually built as a duplex, so it it's not a converted home into a duplex. It's it's actually constructed as a duplex. Okay. He, he's asking uh, 246. Okay. Um, minimal repair that would be needed. There's some there's some brickwork out front. There's some. Okay. What's the O on it? He owes one hundred and sixty thousand. Okay, and he wants fifty thousand up front. He does. So to us, that's like an all-cash deal. That's too much cash. He's asking up front. Yeah, he agreed to a lease option, but there's there's not. I don't. I can't think of a way to lease option when you've got two tenants who are renters only. So. Exactly. I, yeah, you're not. You can't sandwich lease purchase this. And does he have people? Whenever you guys buy a rental property, that's one of your first questions: is is somebody living in there, and what's their lease situation? So this is a, a this guy's a landlord you're talking to, and he's got two people in these units. Is that right? He does. And and what his his pain is the fact that he's got a bad renter that's that's not paying. Yeah. So he's allowing this guy to stay in, and you know it's basically a. A lot right. Of going on he wants you to take on his headaches. So basically, you take on that headache. You'd kick that one out, and then you'd. But now, here's the thing, guys. You could actually, if somebody wanted to owner occupy this property, there is, you know, there's definitely people out there who wouldn't mind buying a house like this where they live in one side and do, you know, rent out the other side. But guys, anytime you're looking at a property like this, this is basically an income property for a landlord. And what's the cash flow on it again now? So he's able to get twelve hundred on both sides when they actually pay. So and, that, and what's his monthly payment? Uh his monthly is approximately seventeen P I T I. Seventeen hundred P I T I, that's the one sixty mortgage. But he's taking care of all the maintenance and everything on the property all the repairs, everything. So he's got, 
you know, an $8,400 profit going per year that's always in danger. This is The thing is, if you're buying any kind of property that you're going to stay in as a landlord uh, or multiple units, you just got to make sure it cash flows. And, you know, this does cash flow, you know, pretty decently, but that's why we do the lease purchase the way we do it. That's why we make the our lease purchase buyers responsible for the maintenance and repairs. That's the magic of that whole formula because then it doesn't you're not nickel and dimed and killed on your profit margin like you are when you're just a straight landlord. So let me ask you this one more question on the numbers then. So he owes sixty and um the property is worth how much? Approximately two seventy for And that he'll area. sell for how much? Um, uh, he's willing to go 246, but I think I could talk him down based on just some of the the repairs that because there's it's a it's a small retaining wall that's that's in between the two. Well, I, it doesn't matter what the repairs are. The thing that kills the deal is that you have would have to come up with fifty thousand down. Got to get that. Yeah, that's uh We're we wouldn't be able to put that much cash down. We will let the seller know what's your what's your next best uh, lowest down payment. And just because of the nature of the property, it's a little bit of a tricky property to at least purchase out possibly. So, you know, he's giving you a little bit of free equity but not a ton, and he's asking way too much down. Now, if he was going to sell this to you for maybe like, I don't know, 5000 down or something like that, or maybe even ten, and he was willing to carry the rest and give you a decent payment like the 1700 then it would be a lot more attractive, obviously. Right. One one thing that I suggested to him, and I, and I had called uh, uh, Mr. Pitts uh, there at the at in yeah at, yeah he he suggested asking this guy if he would be willing to do a refi to get his 50k out. Well, here's the uh, thing about a refi: if the property really truly is worth 270, it's encumbered for 160. Uh, they'll only go up to a certain LTV, loan to value. Uh-huh. I, they they I, might do curious. about let's say two ten two. It's here's the other thing too. If it's a non-owner occupied property, right. they only go to seventy percent. You know, they won't even go eighty percent on a non-owner oc like this. So I, there isn't that much room in this. If he owed like a hundred, he could get fifty. He could probably pull fifty out with a refi. We would have, and that is a good. I've had to do a refi in that scenario. Yeah, that's a good strategy to remember, everybody. You know, if somebody has a free and clear property, or if they have quite a bit of equity in it, they can go out if they have good credit. Now, that's the caveat on that. If they have good credit and they're willing to do it, they can go out get a new mortgage on the house, and you can just take that new mortgage subject too. So we actually call it the refinance slash subject to strategy. So that's you know this this particular deal doesn't really lend itself to that, but that's a good thing to remember. Okay. Okay. No, that's that's right. excellent. So, yeah. No, I appreciate. Hey, it. And yeah, and who knows? I mean, if the guy, I know it's a headache for him. If you could get him way down, I don't know. This is you know, have you done deals like this before? Have you done any multi-unit or any subject to lease purchase stuff yet? No, I haven't. This, this okay. Well, this would be a tricky yeah. one to start with. Um, just keep the keep the leads coming in, and you're going to find a lot easier deals in this one. Yeah, and uh, Evan, if you can get the seller down in price, which you know negotiating is a big part of it, then um, obviously, uh, if you can't, then time and circumstance changes all sellers' minds. You know, follow up is a key. We get a ton of deals because of our awesome follow up system. Yep. Excellent. What is your what is your time frame on the follow up typically? Uh, usually in this case, we call like every uh, four weeks, every 30 days. Here's the thing, guys. Every one of you guys should have a file folder, a, a big file drawer or a little file cabinet something with one, with 
hanging file folders, one through 31 in there. And if it's going to be more than a month, they're barely worth calling back. So if today, whatever today is, you know, the date, you just look out two weeks if you want to add you know, 14 to whatever number you're on, and that way you'll always have your follow-up file organized. And you won't drop files through the cracks because that happens a lot. If you're disorganized and you don't have this follow-up file system set up, you will actually have leads that could have turned into deals that just are going to end up in some pile somewhere. So that's a good follow-up follow -up system. Good point, Lynette. Thank you, honey. Well, thank you. Um, this was a really good lead to discuss, and hopefully it can come to fruition. Yeah, no, I appreciate both your help. I, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right. Awesome. And, guys, this was a fantastic call. We love helping you with your leads and giving you some good pointers on getting out there and doing some deals. Obviously, uh, we give you four days of training at the quick start, so if you can get to that, uh, that would be an awesome place. And you'll always see Ron there and Lynette and I as well. So, And you can bring leads to that just like you sent them in here. So you bring leads to that, and we actually call them at the event and close them right there. So That's right. So, of course, uh, don't forget about the next Gold Club uh, monthly call is on September 14th. Uh, mark that in your calendar, September 14th, and that's 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we look forward to talking to you guys all then. Awesome. It was a great call. Thanks so much, everybody, for contributing your leads and your questions. Awesome. Okay. Bye-bye. See you soon. Bye.